This is the Imola GP preview, right, Kunal? Depends who you ask. Okay, wait, no. What what is this then? Because Formula One would like us to believe that this is the F1 Qatar Airways Grand Premio del Made in Italy del Emilia Romagna 2020. Something. It's something. It's big. It's huge. Why? What's the point? Sponsors. Somebody's paying the money and three people are extracting value. I think that you just read out three brand names and I'm not going to name them and give them free publicity, but everybody listening in, go and listen to the full name because it seems this is the long name Grand Prix preview. <laughs> Let's just put it as that. Maybe that's also the title of the, the episode. I don't know. We normally discuss the title after we've recorded and we see what we pulled out. But Samil, it was a long name last year as well. Uh-huh. And it's a, I think even the circuit is a really long name in itself. I mean, we know what the name is, but there you go. Everything is a long name in Imola, yeah. which is a short name in itself. <laughs> no. Yeah, it's actually the Autodromo Enzo Edino Ferrari, which does not have the name Imola in it. Neither is the Grand Prix, but we'll still call it Imola anyway. So welcome to the Imola GB preview on the Inside Line F1 podcast. All this sponsorship money paid for nothing because you've got three brands and which one should we call out anyway? So at this point, I'm wondering why even be a sponsor? But this is the Imola GB preview. My name is Somal Arora. I'm the host of the Indian Racing League on Star Sports. And joining me as always is Kunal Shah, the former marketing head of the Force India F1 team and an FIA-accredited F1 journalist for the Viaplay Network. This is Imola Kunal, and this is the place where there are rumours swirling around. I mean, normally, it's Spain that gets the rumours and the upgrades, but this time, Kunal, it's Imola. It's Imola, but I have to differ with you, and this is probably where we are coming from different generations of fans, right? What is the difference? You say we call it Imola. I grew up all along calling it San Marino because... Through the history yeah. of the sport and growing up, it was always known as the San Marino Grand Prix. And in history, just to point out what you said, Spain was always the first race of the European season where everybody was bringing an upgrade and, you know, it was like flyaway races and then suddenly Spain and then Monaco and Liberty Media is changing everything around they can. Now, Imola is the first race of the season and then comes Monaco. And then comes Spain, which I can't remember the last time this happened. I mean, I'm not complaining just because I am. I'm just bantering with you because we always do. Yeah, it's funny. It's actually crazy how it works. Because last year we had Imola, then Miami, then Spain, then Monaco, then Baku. And then Canada randomly after that. It was just a hodgepodge. But touchwood, this is still better. And better for the teams as well, Kunal. Because... Apart from the rumours of drivers getting the axe and even team principals getting the axe, there's also rumours about upgrades. Because often, when we have the first European race of the season, we have teams coming up with big upgrades. Mercedes claiming that they have a big one. But I am just genuinely intrigued. Are they really upgrades? Because they're meant to be that. But again, you never know how they work out. Because sometimes they just don't really work well. Like Mercedes' upgrade early in the mid-season. I think they brought something and it didn't work out. And then they brought another one and that worked in. So... I'm very intrigued to see what happens with that this weekend as well. Whose upgrades finally work? You know, we are going to let's talk of of rumors, right? To me, upgrades are also rumors till such time they actually prove to be downgrades. We've seen a lot of times teams bring upgrades, they don't work, performance goes away, etc. They got to revert back to an old spec. But upgrades is going to be the big talk of the paddock. Everybody 
and their motor homes and catering and basically everything that formula 1 teams can bring upgrades to they will bring upgrades to somel the biggest noise that's been made for upgrades is of course mercedes uh, we know they're going to bring something which will improve mechanical traction and mechanical drive quality of their car etc which will allow the drivers to take the car closer to the limits etc etc it's but let's see it's it's all down to upgrades but yes there is also uh, you know coming into this weekend there was basically nick defries will daniel ricardo take his position and then logan sargent and will mick schumacher take his position and then loro rossi saying how alpine is acting like amateurs and otmar needs to deliver it was a very very direct attack from a man who just maybe 6 weeks ago said oh my god otmar is god sent for alpine because of the magic he did at force india but in you know all these rumors actually just prove one thing to me somel that formula 1 uh is not ready for a weekend's gap between races we need races every week for the media to actually keep writing articles keep generating clicks and so on because ultimately all this all these rumors come from clickbaity media if i may put it as that and what's the one thing we hate the most in life kunal i know we both don't hate a lot of things we're generally optimistic people but what's the one thing we hate the most It would be rumors, I guess, or I don't know, clickbait. Yeah, that's more like it. God, they're annoying. God, they're annoying. They're terrible. But yes, it it's it's true. I mean, it is random, no? That I mean, honestly, Bob Varsha came on the show last week, and again, he's the voice of F1 in the US. He's seen so many great drivers over the past, and so many young drivers evolve into legends as well. And if he can come on the show and genuinely say that I'm impressed with Logan Sargent, why would Williams want to kick him out? What, what on earth? Like, think before writing us. I mean, I'd get it. It's it's a tough job to be in, but it's a little baseless. And I think the source of the rumors sometimes, quite often, is trust me, bro. I know. Trust me, bro. I know. That's what's exactly happening. It's crazy. And there's actually one more person in the rumor mills right now. Sebastian Vettel is either coming back. No He's got way. a job, apparently. Yeah. Because Formula E, now I know a lot of people zone out when I say Formula E, uh, but Formula E, the <laughs> owner or the part owner or the chairman, Alejandro Agag, turned around and said, Formula E approached Vettel for something, something, probably for a drive, hopefully for a drive. And he turned us down and he basically speculated that seemed like Vettel has a job somewhere. So it's time so sooner or later for people to turn around and say, is he joining Audi in Formula 1 in 2026, which is three years away? Or... is he taking helmet marco's job because red bull management or the new management after dietrich mateschitz is sort of doing a clean up and getting younger people franz toss being the first of them with helmet marco be the second of them i think he just finished 70 years was it or 80 years last weekend i one of the two he's basically Wait, really years old as but red bull ahead or something what do you mean <laughs> <laughs> no I, i don't mean to like sort of taunt his age or something but i wouldn't be surprised if that was the case as well no let's see let's see i mean uh, helmut marcos of course been in the news for saying liam lawson ayumo iwasa ricardo won't take the freezes the freezes pace i assume a lot of these drivers will be asked about their futures but you know what the drivers should be asked one second just thought of it the drivers should be asked what's the name of the grand prix and i promise you 
it's going to be like one of those Twitter polls, but in real time where you don't get to see the options and just put, stick the, you know, <laughs> stick the mic to a, say a Lewis or a Charles or Max and say, what's the name of this Grand Prix? Maybe Charles needs to know it because it's the, 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 the home track or the track is named after the Ferrari uh, family. And so, and, and, uh, and Dino, his son, right? Son, wasn't it? Yeah, his son. Yeah. But uh, yeah. imagine they ask the drivers this and the drivers will be like, yeah, we're in Imola. It's Imola Grand Prix or the older ones like Fernando, maybe Sebastian would say, yeah, this is San Marino because San Marino back in the days, wasn't it? This is 2005, 2006, Alonso versus Schumacher, some of the greatest battles that we've seen. Oh, yes, it was beautiful. Uh, and that's the kind of racing we all want where you're close, but you just don't have to always pass which I feel is also going to happen this weekend, Kunal. Because we saw this last year as well in Imola. It was not just Lewis Hamilton who was struggling with passing. Generally, everyone was. And yes, they were able to follow closer thanks to the new cars. But the fact of the matter is, we just don't have that degree of competitive advantage from one team to the other. So the delta you need to pass is not there. And because the DRS straight is actually smaller here and it's also curved and the entry to turn number one is very tight, making moves here is tricky. Just ask George Russell about it. I mean, he hit Valtteri Bottas terribly <laughs> in 2021 when that happened. So I feel, unfortunately, if we don't have the grid order mixed up like we had in Miami, this could be a bore fest. And it's not a sprint as well like last year, Kunal. I'll I tell you what we could expect crazy. the FI to... Yeah. I'll tell you what I think the FI might do this weekend. After shortening the DRS mm-hmm. in Nazarbayan and then in Miami... They'll just say, let's extend the DRS. Let the whole circuit be a DRS zone because we need overtakes really badly. So assuming that'll happen and then suddenly teams will realize, oh my goodness, we just don't need a rear wing and let's just drop all the drag. And hopefully that'll lead us down the path where F1 cars are without a rear wing. I'm I'm being silly when I say that. But yeah, so I'm, I'm excited to see <coughs> how the racing goes on track, especially... Opening opening lap, opening few laps. You know the the first corner is pretty tight. It's it's a left right chicken. I think we've seen Max Verstappen make a mistake a couple of years ago. We've seen Carlos Sainz make a mistake, or he got punted out actually. So either you're a current or a formula former Red Bull driver, and you would have probably made a mistake here in the first turn opening lap. I think. The irony, Kunal, uh, not the irony, but the kind of uh, correlation it is that Carlos Sainz got punted up by Daniel Ricciardo here at Turn 1. And a year later, another, well, I mean, Sainz is not a Red Bull Junior at that time. But still, another Red Bull Junior is now being potentially punted by Daniel Ricciardo heading into Imola. So, things are coming back, I guess. It's odd. But that's just the rumor mill for yeah. you. What I, want to, what I want to talk about is actually qualifying, Kunal. Because... Here, I mentioned initially passing is going to be tricky. We've seen drivers make mistakes. And I fear that's going to be a problem in qualifying because this is a tight circuit. We've seen drivers here before struggle really to be the first person out properly because that's always like a debate. Do you want to be the first person out? And then it's such a tight track, the traffic also tends to gather at one spot as well, which means that in case of any crash, which, by the way, does happen quite often here, Qualifying could be like a mixed grid order once again. And once that has normally happened, we've seen that Checo Perez tends to benefit, not Max Verstappen. I mean, think about it. Miami this time, I think in Baku as well. Saudi was one instance when we also had Max Verstappen lose out from an interrupted qualifying. Monaco in 22 and Monaco in 21 as well. It's like every time we have an interrupted qualifying, Max just loses. 
That's strange, right? So for Formula One's sake and for the fact that we get a driver's championship battle, we can always keep hoping for uh, a messed up qualifying, a messed up grid order, so that there are things that spice up. But, you, you know, we started with stockings. There are so many sponsors, you know, around the Emilia, Romagna, Grand Prix, and why is it San Marino, Imola, etc. But let's stick to there are so many sponsors. And one big change is last year, there was a sprint weekend format out here, right? But this week, this year, <clears throat> there isn't a sprint weekend. So somebody's pocketing all the sponsorship money, but not paying it to Formula One to have a sprint weekend going this weekend. <laughs> I wonder how much you actually have to pay for it, realistically, though. Hey, would that be part of the contract as well? Like, hey, we're bringing you a sprint. How much more do you want to shell out? But realistically as well, tickets would also be priced higher, right, for sprints? Is that the case? That's the fan. That's the model. That's that. Those are the fans that Liberty Media wants to keep talking to. Fans being the circuit owners, because suddenly you're able to price a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Friday and Saturday and Sunday only tickets a little more higher. Broadcasters love it because suddenly you have more people tuning in on a Friday as well, rather than just a regular Saturday, Sunday. So the fan set that they are talking to is clearly the circuit owners and the broadcast rights owners, right? But um, what we should, you know, get to Samuel, by what race this season will we say, can we say, or maybe never say, that Checo Perez's title challenge is over? It's like we're almost always waiting for that one race where something's going to happen and change the course of the season. In Miami, though, I must say that it was <clears throat> Max was, of course, in a league of his own, but he was also on the more preferred tyre strategy. So will Checo bounce back? Or will this be that race where we're like, oh my God, Max just ran away because he did run away last year. He did, actually. Well, I think the gap was 16 seconds. And he also led every lap. And Ferrari came into the weekend as favourites. But they absolutely crumbled. Charles Leclerc made an error here under pressure when he was being chased by Sergio Perez and he eventually dropped back to P3. Oh, wow, you're so right. And on that front as well, Kunal, how far will Sergio be? Because like 16 seconds, I know that car wasn't really best fit to Checo and he hadn't had the best start of the year and whatever all that might be. Of course, he improved after Imola. Yeah, he improved after Imola. But regardless, this is fun because Sergio is also coming after a really tricky race in Miami. Just where is that delta? And are we really just reliant on Max having a bad qualifying for Sergio to win? Realistically, because so far, all those wins have come from there. Mm, you know, this is where we don't mind taking doing a bit of Checo bashing because the Mexican listeners don't listen in because we don't speak Spanish. But the 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 Dutch listeners do listen in even though we don't speak Dutch. So clearly, we should be cheering Max Verstappen hey. uh, endlessly uh, and and keep bashing Checo Perez. But yeah, you you know you have a point. It's always been you know whether Checo has been able to be there or be there not. And I think Jeddah was the strongest show as we know, and we'd love to see a repeat of those performances. I personally love Checo for doing what he's doing and what he's able to do being in Red Bull, uh, <clears throat> so to say. And he's our only hope this year for having a championship challenge that sort of goes on later. But I would love to see, uh, you know, Red Bull's winning streak going. I, I, it's there's, there's that part in me where I'm like, oh, my God, I'm witnessing history as it sort of is happening. And will that happen this year as well? Uh, and how many races can they keep winning, keep finishing one, two? But we mentioned Checo Perez, or you mentioned Checo Perez finished 16 seconds behind Max. And this is after, I think, uh, Charles Leclerc spun while he was being chased by Checo, right? So out of respect for Checo, 
uh, out of rip, respect for Shah, Checo said, let me finish 16 seconds behind just because 16 is, oh God, you know, that's daddy's joke out oh there. God. Yeah, but McLaren had their last podium of the career in Imola last year. Can they do something? Will they do something? I don't know. But qualifying, definitely. In Miami, we had the field spread by just 1.2 seconds. It was really, really close. I would love to see at least qualifying entertain us. I'm sure it's going to entertain us this weekend. Qualifying for sure. I'm not sure of the race much as pretty much anybody else. One second. You just very casually put out a proper bomb over there. Like, yeah, uh, McLaren had their last podium of their career over here and moved on to qualifying. How could you do that? We, We need to touch upon McLaren for a second here, Kunal, because the optimism is running... Into the sea. I think they lost it in Miami somewhere. I mean, they they came with it. And eventually, when they went surfing, it got lost in the Miami Sea. And it's somewhere probably in the Pacific. But it's crazy how in the race, all that pace sort of came back a little bit. I mean, they were absolutely horrible in qualifying. But that's what just the numbers say. Realistically, if we look at it, Kunal, you mentioned the 1.2 second gap. McLaren genuinely are not that far off. And if they are... To believe, which they, I mean, they normally tend to, are the people to believe. They just say that it's track specific. That's why we're that far behind. In Imola, we might be closer. That's what McLaren says. So, I mean, finally, we might have a proper midfield fight. And this sort of juggling of contenders around the midfield really excites me. Because we now finally might see exciting battles like Joe Guan Yu versus Oscar Piastri. I mean, nobody would have imagined that. But it would be so fun to see both these Formula 1 new And to put it that way, the, the highest placed driver... Outside of the top four teams, which is Ferrari, Mercedes, Red Bull, and Aston Martin, the highest placed driver continues to be Lando Norris, even though he scored just 10 points. So that's how close the midfield battle, uh, midfield battle is, I would say. And that's why Loro Rossi is absolutely fuming without Marsafnar, because after all the drama they showcased in Drive to Survive Kunal, where they were like, oh, we'll get McLaren. We'll get McLaren. They took Oscar, but we won the war. We have a better driver lineup. All of this, and Lando Norris and McLaren are still ahead of Alpine. I love it. It is beautiful. It's I, They anyway have, what, 15 heads in that team? Like there's Rossi, there's Ortmar, there's a couple of other CEOs as well, a couple of other team principals and racing strategy heads. They, like, it's like, Who runs the team? Who, who makes the calls there, roughly? Maybe this is why Fernando didn't want to be there because he realized there are too many heads he needs to keep talking to. And he's like, I'm the head wherever I go, you know, stay away. But, you know, clearly Alpine wasn't really ready for that. But let's let's actually, you know, put a spin here. So we are saying Otmar is under pressure, which we all know. And Otmar himself has said, yes, I am under pressure or the team is under pressure, but the pressure is no more or no less than, you know, before Laura Rossi said what he did, right? There is an interesting angle to that, which Mark Hughes actually said that Alpine is hoping or preparing for a buyout to an American owner. And they were hoping that Miami would be one of those conversations, which is why Laura Rossi and Luca Di Meo, basically Alpine's big, big boys and Otmar's boss and super boss were in Miami. But then, of course, they've been having these symbolic weekends. So clearly, if there is a buyer who's coming and you're not sort of performing, that's probably where the outburst came from, especially on the... Canal Plus <coughs> French TV network. But yeah, just putting that perspective aside, let's let's understand who could be calling up Laura Rossi asking for that job. Because we do know that Mattia Benotto is up and available, assuming he's not going to Audi. We know that Jos Capito has left Williams just a few months ago. 
Cyril Abitabol, could he be coming back saying, ha, 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 told you, maybe you guys need me. I already have a tattoo on my back or oh, my God. leg. Uh, I don't know. Who else do you think is in talks? It'll be so funny that we'll create a list full of 15 beautiful candidates who've had amazing history in Formula 1, only for them to randomly promote some internal technical head who we've never heard of. And then be like, hey, this is our signing. Like Sauber did. Do you remember Sauber's team principal, Kunal? Honestly, like at this very moment in time, who is their team principal? Do you know his name? Mr. Bruni. Al- Alejandro Alexander Bruni? Yeah, yeah. Al- I-, I do because... Because that's just the geek in me. And, and and the press officer at Sauber is a very dear friend. So I just know the people at Sauber a little better because it's easier to access them, I would say. No, one sec. Uh, that's the diplomatic answer. It's actually not Mr. Bruni. It is... No, Bruni is the team principal and Andrea Seidel is the CEO. No, no. Is it? No, it's Aluni yeah. Bravi. Wasn't his name or something? Yeah, yeah. Bravi Bruni something. Yeah, there you go. So it's just... <laughs> This basically proves the point. When we had our first meetup in Mumbai, we asked this uh, very critical existential question to all of our listeners over there as well. And if you were one of the 100 people that showed up, you have all my heart, sir or ma'am. That really was so important for us. So thank you. Thank you. But we asked the question over there to everyone, Kunal, and they just had one answer to say. We asked them, do you really love Sauber or are you just waiting for Audi? And all of them just said that, yes, we're waiting for Audi. Quite like Sebastian Vettel as well, maybe, it seems. Ooh, I like the way you slammed in uh, Sebastian Vettel there. Maybe even Mick Schumacher's, you know, sort of waiting for Audi, given how German car, German lineup, double German lineup, etc. is what everybody's been talking everywhere. Yeah, it's it's just... We're hoping of a 2010 reunion of... Oh, wait. Wait a minute. That sounds... Wow. That sounds awfully... Creepy? I don't know if that's the right word, but isn't it interesting, Kunal, where that's exactly the same story as Mercedes in 2010. Big Mark entering Formula 1 again. They need a legend who's coming back from retirement. They need a young up-and-coming driver. So they get, I don't know, it's too good to be true. Ah, whatever. I'll tell you what's also too good to be true, but it really is true. It is F1 Stats Guru's Stats Preview. No, really, it's not just a cheesy line. Because if you've heard F1 Stats Guru before, you know how much storytelling he can do around the numbers of the sport. So, let's listen to F1 Stats Crew and here's his Emilia-Romagna GP preview. Hey folks, it's time to do the stats preview of the Emilia-Romagna Grand Prix. No, I'm not going to take the effort of reading out the full race title. But yes, it's the first triple header of the 2023 F1 season. So, my name is Sundaram, also known as the F1 Stats Crew on the internet. Let's get straight into the numbers. Now, Italy is the only country to have hosted in excess of 100 Grand Prix in Formula 1 history. It's hosted 104 races so far across four venues, and the most prominent ones, of course, being Monza and Imola. Now, we all remember Imola tragically for Edin Senna's fatal crash in 1994. But interestingly, the record for most consecutive pole positions at one track was achieved by Senna at this very track. He took seven consecutive poles here and it's a record that stood strong for over three decades. Imola, of course, hasn't been on the calendar for a while and hence that's why Michael Schumacher is the last Ferrari driver to win or even take pole at this track. In fact, he's taken seven wins and five poles here. Now, it's time for a few Max Verstappen milestones because, of course, it is the Verstappen era. 
if he wins it'll make him the most successful red bull driver going past sebastian vettel if he scores it'll put him third on the all-time list of longest point scoring streaks in formula 1 and if he leads another lap he'll become the seventh driver to have led 2000 laps in the sport and lastly in the 30 races held at emola 19 have been won from the front row 28 have been won from the front two rows so it's a narrow track and overtaking does get a little tricky so qualifying higher up is going to be very crucial even for someone like a max verstappen you won't always see him winning from the midfield and the last driver to actually win outside the front two rows was nelson pique in 1981 I don't know what's his relationship with Max Verstappen but perhaps winning from the midfield runs in the family. That was the stats preview of the Emilia Romagna Grand Prix. For more such interesting facts do follow me on my Twitter and Instagram under the name f1statscrew. I'll see you folks very soon. Welcome back in ladies and gentlemen to the Emola GP preview on the Inside Line F1 podcast. I made an error before queuing to Sundaram that it's Emilia Romagna it's not it's F1 no we're not going down again okay but we have a really fun question from one of our listeners and here's one from Anushka via Spotify and by the way folks nowadays on Spotify you can also leave your comments down below the episode so that we can interact with you essentially almost at the same platform you don't have to go to the effort of reaching out to a Twitter or Instagram so if in case you like that option we'd be very very happy to listen to your questions just your opinions as well and also what you had for breakfast because again we have a user base that's from around the world so it'll be fun to know what our listeners actually have for breakfast like i had a paratha and a smoothie which is not bad i'll tell you more about that later but the question from anushka is the fia obviously supports f1 in america so what if fia made williams give a contract to sergeant rather than mick why else would they give a contract to a driver who didn't even have his super license what do you reckon kunal First things first the FIA being the governing body doesn't really get involved with driver contracts and and so on they of course are just the governing body and have super licenses and so on but if i understand anushka's question correctly they are trying to say formula 1 or she's trying to ask formula 1 why did formula 1 do this and it's nothing new we've seen bernie eccleston do this before as well during his era where he would basically be able to control what drivers he wants in formula 1 and not and who he would choose and prefer and that's sort of the route maybe liberty media is also going through for all the financial and and you know whatever american reasons as we know as so giving a driver without a I'm sorry I'm sorry yeah. one second kunal did you just say american <laughs> reasons <laughs> it's too good it's too good yeah sorry. i mean <laughs> 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 and you know there was another point there you know why give a driver a contract uh driver without a super license a contract when you have a driver like Mick Schumacher waiting for a contract with the super license but that again is not unprecedented we've seen teams offer contracts to up and coming drivers and make it conditional to the fact that hey we'd love to have you in the car but it's for you to go and learn earn the super license that allows you to drive a formula 1 car Yeah, and I think Logan did that by finishing where he did in Formula Two. So even though he wasn't the best, he was P four in that championship that year. But again, I I don't blame Williams for that because in the financial condition that they are currently in, even though they have new investors, it still is a good revenue source, especially in like the budget cap era as well, when you need to sort of especially make ends meet and you're increasing your investment. Which, by the way, Williams are. It may seem odd that all the other teams are actually saying, "Hey, we have to cut down on our costs." But all these years, Williams were operating under the budget cap. 
So this is the first time that Williams are actually getting to that level of spending. So they need a little bit more money here and there. And so Logan Sargent brings that. And he hasn't been too bad. Bob Varsha liked him. We are indifferent to him. Let's put it that way. But that actually brings me on to talking about all the other drivers as well, Kanal. Because we're at that stage where we need to talk about the predictions. And this one is going to be wild. Now that we're talking about rumors, now that we're talking about silly things happening in the paddock, let's also go for something silly. I feel that Carlos Sainz, I'm not saying win yet, that pause was intentional. I think Carlos Sainz gets a podium, which in itself would be a big deal in my head. I would say that you are definitely going for Carlos Sainz for the win, like you always do. But I'll tell you where um, I'll tell you where the next rumor is going to come from, right? Very interestingly, the first rumor that came a came out was for Nick DeFries, who we just spoke of, who's driver, who's 20th and last in the driver's championship. The then the rumor following Nick's was for Logan Sargent, who is basically 19th in the driver's championship. Now I wonder, and this is not me saying this, but Nityanand, who's basically our data guru in and makes all those cool graphs that you see on our social media, he saw a trend. He's like, maybe the rumor writers are picking drivers from the bottom of the driver's championship table. So the next one could actually be Alexander Albon. That's my prediction for whichever race. By which race will there be a rumor for Alexander Albon? I mean, you never know. Albon is overdriving the car and he's getting results, of course, sometimes crashing. Could he be going somewhere else like an Audi or or you know Alfa Romeo? Because Valtteri Bottas has, of course, not been driving as well since he's had the mullet or, or whatever that's called. But another prediction that I'm going to make, Sommel, is fastest pit stop award. You know, strangely, in the first five races of the season, we've had Ferrari, Ferrari, Red Bull, Red Bull, and Ferrari. So which technically means that if we were to continue down the trend, Ferrari is going to score the fastest pit stop this weekend. Of course, I'm being completely foolish, but that's what I love about the trends. I'll go one step higher with the trend when it comes to who can actually win the race this weekend. In 2020, Lewis Hamilton won starting second. In 2021, Max Verstappen won starting third. In 2022, Max Verstappen won starting first. So in the last three years, the first three starters have won the race. Could it be somebody starting from the pit lane who will win this weekend? Because that's sort of counted as starting from P0. Oh, God. No, but wait. Technically... Okay, here's a corny joke alert. Don't leave us. Please don't switch off at this point. But aren't technically every... Isn't technically every competitor starting on P0 canal? Unless it's the reins? Because it's the Pirelli P0? Oh my goodness. That was the most incredible joke I've ever heard. Oh God. <laughs> no, 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 no. Sorry guys, sorry. It, we, I'm we, going to add this to my daddy jokes list. No, sorry, we, we we tend to go off track sometimes. But what's your prediction? And for the first time, you can actually let us know by the comment section on Spotify as well. And we'd love to hear them genuinely. Because when we're releasing this episode, there's a decent amount of time until the race comes in as well. So even if you're listening to this on a Friday evening, we'd love to know. And we're definitely keeping an eye on everything as well. So thank you everyone for listening to this episode. And if you're in Mumbai this weekend... Join us at the other social. We're going to have a mega screening of the Emila GP as well. And it's going to be a fun party, essentially. We're going to have a pre-race interaction, a post-race one as well. Lots of fun guests will be a part of the evening as well. And there's a special quiz over there too. So thank you, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to this point. 
if you're interested for that episode or for that event rather rather i'd say check out the link in the description below and we'd absolutely love to have you there see you until then folks see you for the emilia romagna gp review bye bye